Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I always know. I always know the whole team here is taking the show really seriously when they're actually reading from their script of one sentence. Yes. I'm not going to name any names, but I saw it. It's a All team right. member. <laughs> Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. Joined, as always, by the number one producer in Late Night. That's right. It's Dave Willemowski. Dave! How are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm great. I'm having a fantastic day. I'm having a fantastic month. I'm so excited about Christmas. Oh, I'm really feeling... Man. I got I got the spirit. How about you? You know what the 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 one bad thing about Christmas being towards the end of the month is is right at the start of December I said oh man it's Christmas time and then I, and then mm-hmm. like over the next week or two I just forgot and now it's like, oh <laughs> shit it's Christmas time you know yeah and you didn't get it all Christmased out yeah do you do you ever yeah. have that that have that sensation where you're like it's Christmas time but then when it is Christmas time you're like oh no you know yeah. Yeah, I should have. I should. I should have bought something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's consumerism, Dave. No, yeah. no, it's not what it's about. Well, everyone, you can lay your worries to rest because WNBA star Brittany Griner is finally free from a Russian prison and back home with her wife in the good old U.S. of A. This oh. is after the Biden administration decided to give the green light to a prisoner swap between Griner and notorious arms dealer, the Merchant of Death himself, Victor Bout. Uh, do we have a picture of the prisoner swap between Griner and Bout? Yeah, let me see. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> well, I uh, I, rec- I recognize Griner there, but I think Bout had some work done while he was in the can. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe that's picture of him, but, yeah. maybe that's how he got out, as he identifies as being a free, independent woman. And so yeah. there you go. Uh, maybe that'll work for us, Dave, when they finally come. Uh, give it a shot. It's, it seems. Like, there isn't a single event that passes through the national consciousness that doesn't immediately separate the public right down party lines, you know, 50-50. There's a hot take on the left and a hot take on the right. Uh, But with this issue, you have lefties saying, well, Brittany Griner, of course, is a national treasure. An inspiration to us all. A strong, uh, hold on, strong, black, female, lesbian who doesn't deserve to rot in a Russian prison over some cannabis. And you know what, Dave? I agree. I don't think anyone deserves to rot in jail over cannabis. I agree. That is, yes. Uh, In fact, I know one person who is uh, more female, but probably less black and gay than Griner, uh, and that being (laughs) Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, Do we have a picture of Kamala Harris? Oh, definitely. (laughs) The classic. Classic. Yes. Yeah. Of course, her <laughs> thankfulness only extends to Griner, not to the thousands of other people rotting away in American prisons right now for the same offense, mostly because she helped put them there. <laughs> uh, and over on the right side of the aisle, of course, uh, you have the predictable drug warriors and the America Firsters who think Griner deserved exactly what she got. And even if she didn't, why push for her release instead of Paul Wallen? The God-fearing white male ex-Marine who remains in Russian hands this very minute. By golly, Griner disrespects the flag, you see. Uh, Biden left a good Marine behind. Look, I think the Biden administration deserves plenty of criticism. Um, about this and a lot of a long list of other things, too. Uh, but when you're on the doorstep of World War III... Any steps that bring nations back to the table for diplomacy uh, are preferable to endless provocation and escalation. And agreeing to a prisoner exchange with the door open for future talks is exactly what we need more of rather than arms dealers and aid packages for enemy combatants. Uh, Speaking of arms deals, uh, even if Whalen couldn't be freed, why agree to release Victor Bout? The merchant of death, notorious arms dealer on his way back to Moscow amidst a war while the U.S. has been arming and funding Ukraine. Now, this objection is one that I have relatively little patience for, and I'll tell you why. I'm not here to argue that Victor Belt is a good guy. I'm not saying that he is. But I can think of several other arms dealers who walk the streets as free men this very day 
that would make Bout blush. Yeah. There's just oh, a few yeah. of them right there. <laughs> uh, so back to our polarized left-right paradigm, right? On every single issue. I ran a Twitter poll last week to see if there was any way we could bridge the divide between the libtards and the cuckservatives. Uh, take a look at this poll right here. Poll reads, would you develop a more positive opinion of Brittany Griner if she now channeled her experience into outspoken activism to bring home all U.S. citizens detained overseas, starting with Paul Whelan? 70.7% said yes, uh, but still 29.3% still said no. And if you're wondering where I'm going with this, by the way, I, I call it the Kim Kardashian Directive. Because uh, there's been no shortage of mockery for the entire Kardashian clan, with Kim at the forefront, uh, and oftentimes rightfully so. But before you sling your next barb, ask yourself if you've done as much to help your fellow man as Kim has. Uh, take, for instance, her work on prison reform. Take a look at this. Kim Kardashian has helped to free dozens of people from prison over minor drug offenses, including 17 inmates in a span of 90 days who were serving life sentences for first-time nonviolent wow. drug offenses. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit I haven't managed to pull that off for anybody, but Kim Kardashian did, so good for her. These people voting no on that poll just a second ago are the same people that hold nothing but contempt and mockery for Kim Kardashian, despite her activism. I tell you what, if Griner came back in a few weeks, uh, I say a few weeks because, you know, having enough time to settle back at home and recover from the ordeal, I think is not that much to ask. But say in a few weeks, Griner comes back and says that her experience has changed her. Uh, and her perspective on things is different, and she wants to be a vehicle to help bridge the divide between the different sides of the debate by personally advocating for the release of more prisoners, then that would be a tremendous net positive that none of those people could ever equal. Sadly, there is a non-trivial percent of the liberty population that can't reckon with the fact that Kim Kardashian has done more measurable good for other people than the enormous majority of them. It's the classic case of having the right opinion versus doing the right thing. Yes. Shut the fuck up. No one cares about know yeah. your fucking place. <laughs> Trash. Guys, we're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this commercial break. Don't go away. tell you about tonight's sponsor which is pat crest botanicals which you can find at patcrestbotanicals.com if you use promo code it's too late all one word it's too late you get 30 percent off your order you gotta be kidding me no i'm 30%. absolutely not kidding you i think i don't know Are i haven't talked to him in a while yeah oh, okay yeah i mean i think Allegedly. they actually tuned in one night and i'm pretty sure the code doesn't work anymore <laughs> but, but listen, 30% off, it's too late. I've actually got one of their products right here. This is the Ascend 3000. Take a look. Get your get your morning started off right with some uh, mushrooms, and it looks like some, some hay, Ooh. and um, oh. apparently it's a mixture of mushrooms and uh, pot. That yeah. seems like it would they bring probably, you down. Probably squeeze it. Yeah. As opposed to bring, but it says Ascend, you know? I, I don't know. Well, different things. I, 
they sent me a little leaflet in the thing. I threw it away, but but I I chugged yeah. this shit. I tell you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like any good man. You don't need this the instructions. Is actually, this is all I have left, by the way. It's all. I'm actually you know, I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> uh, here I've, I've got it at my desk. See, look. Oh my god, I dropped it. See, uh, look, it's empty. I'm 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 out of this shit. I oh yeah. I don't know. We got to oh, do no. something. We got to figure something out. I don't know. Uh, but anyway. Sense. That's Pat Crest Botanicals promo code. It's too late. It's too late. Uh, hey Dave. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for meme of the week. I don't even remember what I picked as the meme of the week. I just new. It's new to me too. So mom says you want some colored pencils. It's pencils oh. of color. Oh my God, Santa! You wow. can't just say colored pencils. Cancel Christmas. Uh, and, and, of course, my favorite crayon, which was black, or, for other people, Negro. Oh, yeah. Usually had both on there. You know, I, I actually saw someone on social media uh, saying that you should boycott Crayola because they called their crayon Negro. And people were saying, well, that's Spanish for black. Yeah. It, it, and you know what? Just stop. It, you're trolling yourself. Don't explain yep, it. Just hit block, point. move on with your life, you know? <laughs> Nobody has right. time for that. Uh, but we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. A donation of $54 billion has been made to Ukraine in your name. <laughs> oh, thanks, How U.S. government. That? Yeah, that's 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 lovely. Um, I mean, I would just waste it, you know? Yeah, what am uh, I going to do with that? I was actually talking to me. a... I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier this very evening, and somehow the conversation turned to, like, could you retire on a million dollars? What would you invest your money in if you had a million dollars? And and I had told him, well, I live really cheap, so I would figure out a way to just live the rest of my life with it. And his answer was, oh, I'd, I'd, just, I'd just blow it all as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Well, you, you get them. You gave the only honest answer, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, look at that. In chat, they would buy us one X-Chair. Oh, my God. We have to get X-Chair to sponsor us. Yeah, yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, right? All right, uh, let's, uh, let's answer some viewer mail. All right. Oh. Isn't that nice? And then it Beautiful. freezes there for a second for some reason, kind of like my heart. Mm -hmm. um, Keith McQuarrie writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what's the corniest joke you know? Dave, what's oh. the corniest joke you know? Um, what the hell was that? What, is that me? What's what's going on right now? All right. What is someone calling the show right now? Put him on the line, Dave. I don't even know what to do about that. Whoever it is, answer it. Put him on the line. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. No, 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 <laughs> no. Whoever it is, you're live on the air with it's too late. No. <laughs> I had to close everything. Um. Dave, Dave just just dropped his phone in a sink. <laughs> It was it was on my browsers. I, I yeah. like on my PC. That was insane. Okay. What did the corn say when it received a compliment? What did the corn Aw, say? Oh shucks. Oh my god. Aw shucks. The the squeak of your chair right then was the perfect Yeah. 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 Um right. here you go. Uh I like to tell dad jokes. Does he laugh? Yes. Yes. It's like it's a dad joke within a dad joke. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's All right. Very meta. <laughs> um, well, uh, so anyway, we're still looking for a new number one producer uh, of late night. So get those get those resumes in at the at the yes, link. please. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm um, trying to figure where they came from. <laughs> no, I swear to God, if they call back, put them on the air. We're doing this. I'm pretty sure it was my in laws. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. Well, I'm happy to meet them. Better. <laughs> wait, wait, hold, no, hold a second. Time out. Why are you so worried about your in-laws meeting me, Dave? I mean, they can meet you. Mm -hmm. 
maybe not the show. I don't know, it's just not there. Logan Denny writes, Dear Alan and Dave, <laughs> what's the largest animal you think you could take 1v1 barehanded? So I forgot to get the link, but we're not answering that, Logan, because we did a whole segment on the show about this. Oh, did we? Yeah, we did a whole oh. segment of the show that was a poll on what people thought they could fight in in nature. So, Logan, go uh, <laughs> look up a rerun. Um, Gary Dykstra writes, uh, Dear Alan and Dave, if you could pick one WWE wrestler to replace Santa Claus, who would it be? Um, I always say Andre the Giant, but he's dead. But Santa Claus oh. is also yeah. dead. So, wait, you know? You know, huh. and, and, and and somebody in chess is Macho Man, isn't he dead too? Is he? Pretty sure Randy Savage. I don't think it dead. matters. Yeah, yeah. It's the spirit. Yeah, the Christmas magic will do something. You know. All right. Um, Clay Davis writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, who do you predict will be the first celebrity death of 2023?" Um, Dave, don't answer that because if we get it right, then who's going to be the number oh. one suspect? Yeah. yeah. Nice okay. try, Clay. Uh, <laughs> Rachel Watson Kinnerly writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what is the worst present you ever bought for your significant other? Oof. Dave, what's the worst present you ever bought for Mary? Oh. You know... What the hell? I, uh... I don't think I've ever bought a bad present. Oh. Yeah. No. I really, I really couldn't think of anything. Okay, no, great. No, well, no, Mary, no. head on down during the after party and let us know what yeah. the real answer is. <laughs> All right. Um, the worst present I ever bought, Anna Kay. Uh, I'm going to cheat and just give your answer. I've never... Well, you actually, I just don't buy presents. And so then they can't See, be a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps you from... Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Dave, do all babies get delivered by the stork, or do the heavy ones need a crane? Oh, I see what he did there. You see? You you, you get it? Yeah. Um, like... Yeah. Um, we're actually out of time because we have a really long interview, so I'm just going to skip down oh. to Mary. Uh, Mary says, from D3, Dear Alan and Dad, what was on your childhood Christmas list? Dave, what was on your childhood Christmas list? Oh, the, the, the number one things were probably the... Uh... Transformers and Legos and whatever console was hot that year. Yeah, we got an yeah. NES. When I was really little, we got the, the, the original Nintendo Entertainment System. That was peak. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Mary says, Dear Alan and Dave, do you remember some of the ornaments on your childhood Christmas tree? Any favorites? Hmm. I don't think I... I mean, like... Like, I remember that, you know, they're just classic bulbs. And I remember we had these, like, little plastic foam apples. I'm pretty sure those were on the tree. And at least, like, half of them had little kid teeth marks in them. Yeah. Because you had to give it a try. That, I, that, that's what pops into my mind. My favorite thing was, was hanging the candy canes on the tree. Because who doesn't like edible tree parts? And yes. if you were really talented, you would file them down into a shank. Like oh, a yeah, yeah. 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 Those things it, are lethal, too. Yeah, they're actually Ooh. very sharp. I, I'd never full-on <laughs> stab somebody with one, because I think it would have, you know, done the, done yeah. the job. Did the, did the thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, we're going to be back <laughs> right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. the show everybody our guest this evening is take a look at this a musician 
a contractor, a stock marketeer, and co-host of Good Morning Liberty, which you can find on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more. Nate Thurston, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me, and thank you for reminding me about all the things that I've done a long time ago. I forgot about all those things that were in my bio, but that's that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad I did all that stuff. Well, good. I'm glad that you're glad because you just you wait, my friend. But we're going to start off here. Now, speaking of your bio, it says that your hometown now is Nashville, Tennessee. But where are you from originally, and why did you? How did you get over the wall to come into my state? I am from Illinois originally. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it was really terrible, as you can imagine. But the very southern, southern part of Illinois, so basically the Kentucky part of Illinois, a little town called Vienna is how we pronounce it, not Vienna, like those crazies over there. It's called Vienna, and also split my time in another town called Pulaski. Uh, so back and forth, little bitty towns, combined population of about 1,800 people. And ended up meeting some people through playing music and bands in the southern Illinois area. They wanted to go down to Nashville and record some music. Ended up knowing a producer that was down here. Said, hey, let's go to Nashville. And then we were like, hey, it'd be pretty cool if we lived in Nashville while we were recording. Because our album took eight months to record. And then here we are. Been stuck doing stuff here in Nashville ever since. That was about 13 years ago now. Now, that's interesting that you uh, have a connection to a place called Pulaski, Illinois, because we have a Pulaski, Tennessee, Nate. But, of course, I don't know what Pulaski, Illinois is known for. Pulaski, Tennessee is known as the birthplace of the Ku Klux Klan. What do you think about that? I did not know that, but I <laughs> guess I'll have to visit it someday and uh, go see what Kanye's up to. I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the Pulaski I'm from is known for Basically nothing, no offense to all of my family. It's a lot of farms, great farms, amazing farms, huge ones, some of the best ones that you've ever seen, better than all the other farms up in the middle part of Illinois for sure, uh, but that's about all it's known for, and Kashmir, Pulaski. Well, I mean, Nate, there used to be a lot of farms in Pulaski, Tennessee too, but now they have a labor shortage. So anyway, moving on from that, uh, speaking of your bio, you had musician as the first thing. And, and I want to say really quick, this is kind of a meta comment for the audience that's listening. Um, as, as someone who has also done a, a whole bunch of different things, we like to call ourselves Renaissance men, but what that actually means is failures who had to move on. Mm -hmm. yes. um, so, but when people have a list of things they've done, I always tell people the first thing and the last thing are the things that I look at. Because the first thing is something that's probably near and dear to their heart. And then the last thing is something that kind of is is more of a modern identity. And the first thing on your list was musician. So tell us a little bit about the musician, Nate. Well, I went to uh, started off going to college because I was going to be a music teacher. I was going to teach high school music uh, because I was inspired by my high school music teacher, of course, except for some of the stuff that he did that ended up getting him fired. Um, won't talk about that. That's not what I was going to do. But it eventually ended up having a, a friend ask if I wanted to play in a band. And that friend is the co-host of Good Morning Liberty, Charlie. He asked if I wanted to play in a band with him when we were uh, we were getting out of high school. So I started doing that, and that was back in aught five, and played music for, uh, I don't know, 12 or so years. Did some touring, been to all the states, been to, uh, I don't know, in the in the teens amount of countries uh, playing music and some other random talking points that mattered five or six years ago. But it was really fun. But yeah, music is near and dear to my heart. That's my that's my soul right there, I guess. I'm soulless now. Now, now that's interesting, the the dynamic between you and Charlie, who are the, the two hosts of Good Morning Liberty, which, by the way, I, I, I can't imagine doing a show in the morning. This is a late night show. And, and for people that know me, they realize that my late night show or, or I, let me take the back. Your late night show is my like late afternoon. That's why I do a show at night as opposed to in the morning. Um, so Honestly, I, I, wanted... I, can't, I can't imagine doing a show in the morning either. We record pretty much, uh, like a one or 2 PM every day, but it is Hawaii's favorite morning show. Okay. Well, perfect. There you go. 
So, so tell me a little bit about the dynamic between you and Charlie. So you guys were friends back in your, your growing up days and in a band coming out of high school. Um, but what is it? Is it just a random coinky dink that you guys sort of wind up falling on the same area of the spectrum, pun intended, that you then move on to do a show talking about politics and current events from a from a similar perspective? To tell you the truth, I have no clue when it comes to the political nature of our friendship. I do not remember the origins of that uh, whatsoever. We grew up. We were playing music together. We were doing marching band and all the band stuff together. Uh, and then we worked together at different places, had some other businesses together. We played uh, in bands along with each other touring, and then we played in separate bands. And I can't even remember when the political conversation came up. I think I found some Ron Paul videos on YouTube, and I might have sent those over to him uh, a long time ago, right when we first moved to Nashville. And uh, you know how that seed is once you plant it. I guess we sure. both just we just moved along the same line after that and pretty much don't disagree on anything. Um, I, I, I struggle to find to find little things that we can have disagreements on. We're pretty much on the same page all the time, which makes the show very fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I, I, the reason I ask you is, is that when when I read that about you guys, that you had known each other for that long and sort of kind of wheeled and dealed through different parts of life together i thought to myself is there anyone because i think of that as the before times so we've been doing this show for going on five years and i think to myself so me prior to like 2016 we'll say somewhere around there who was there someone in my life that i could have envisioned doing this with you know just just being a random friend or confidant and saying oh what what a strange coincidence we happen to have these these very niche you know idealized philosophical and political beliefs that absolutely no one else who lives around here believes um if the if the crap hit the oscillating unit they would kill us first we know that i i can't think of anyone but somehow you guys wound up on the same page that has to be kind of a i don't know a, a rarity or if that's like fate what is that it's either fate or uh, the other. Here's another less sexy option for you. We both spent so much time together from the time that we were very young that we essentially just developed into the same brain. And mm -hmm. it seems like it was fate, but actually it's just it's just two people who spent way too much time together. That's really it. But <laughs> that's uh, it's the other part, though. It's fate. Our friendship is is that deep and that dear. Well, speaking of finding so few things that you could disagree on or argue about. Uh, let me ask you, you know, Charlie's not here, so we won't tell him. Do, do you feel, do you ever think to yourself, well, maybe, maybe this would be a juicier program. Maybe we would get more likes and views if we were like, um, you know, I think of people like Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin back in the day, it was Skip Bayless, right? So Stephen mm -hmm. A. Skip and, and Skip Bayless will decide, oh, your favorite color's green, mine's brown. And now they're just screaming at each other. And that's, that's supposed to be somehow riveting television. I mean, I guess so, right? Because they're on TV and we're not Nate. So they must know something that we don't. Do you ever think to yourself, let's just, let's just start, let's just find things that we hate each other about. And that's all we ever do on the show. Pulling into the parking lot of our office this morning, I imagined that we should do an undisputed type segment for Good Morning Liberty, where we take the exact opposite opinion on something and one of us gives a monologue and then I come in and I'm like, my turn, my turn. Then I go and then I say whatever my thing is. And uh, yes, so yes, I have thought about that before. Uh, Charlie wants us to be more um, mean and controversial about about certain things and um i i think that would be good but also i think having two friends that are just talking about the news uh, whatever the current event is of that day because we do a show every single day um i think having two friends that can just talk through all talk through all this stuff and work through it together in a way and try to be funny in the process i think there's a lot of value to that too well, I appreciate the way you guys do things because a couple of my biggest criticisms, and I'm not, and I'm not going to name any names. As you remember from the pre-show, I would never do that. I would <laughs> never name names. This um, guy refuses to name names, just so everyone knows. Won't do it. Yeah, no drama here. 
Uh, so my, my, my two biggest criticisms are is one, sometimes people will say, you know, this, this is too silly. This is, I, I can't really get into the silliness of the show. You need to, you know, sometimes you're so passionate about something and then you'll show some memes and play some clips from some stupid show and, and, and it's just silly and I can't get into it. And my response to them always is, would you rather it just be another middle-aged balding white guy yelling government man bad? Like is that what is that what we need? Do we need more of that? These are the people that they're you know they'll they're big podcast people and 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 I'm and I'm kind of ashamed to admit as someone who creates content I don't I'm sorry I don't listen to podcasts I'm sorry I don't I but, don't either okay good so so we're we're we'll go down we'll die on that hill together uh, but I'll I'll find people and I'll actually look them up and I'll see what they're subscribed to and their top fifteen programs are are all as I just described. Angry middle-aged white men yelling about government man bad. And so my answer to them, and I'm not trying to be a smartass, but my genuine answer to them is, is that, is that what you want me to do? Do, you, do we need another one? Do you need to subscribe to a 16th podcast of me just yelling government man bad? Do you not get enough of that from all the other people you're subscribed to? Or just maybe, can I do something different? Yeah, I one of the things that we try to do is uh, I guess you could say we try to keep it funny. We definitely try to keep it lighthearted. We joke about everything. I can say that the way that we talk on the podcast, that's just the way that we talk. And we'll even I mean, inside jokes, they're inside jokes because no one else knows them. And we'll still say them to each other and we'll laugh our asses off. And I'm oh, sorry, I don't know if I can say that on here. And uh, and we'll laugh about it. And I don't even I don't even know if anyone thinks it's funny. It's just me and Charlie talking and we have microphones and there's cameras there. And yeah, there's plenty of people that are super serious about everything. We take everything really seriously, but you might as well find ways to laugh about it, because if you take all this so seriously all the time, um, that's that's not going to end up well. It's going to take quite a while for all this stuff to work itself out. We might as well laugh in the process. Well. You know, there's certain words that we don't use on the show anymore that, you know, again, back in the gold standard days, I really branded it as explicitly, you know, this is a libertarian podcast. I haven't described this as a libertarian podcast in at least three, maybe four years at this point. And <laughs> and there's a and there's a couple of good reasons for that. One being there's no there's there's like 17 libertarians, so I can't run a show for an audience of 17. That's number one. Uh, and number two. I'm I'm sad to say I've discovered that as as much as libertarians, God bless them, I, I, I know very logically consistent. I know there's a lot of things to admire about about that philosophy. Um, but these are some of the most humorless people you will ever <laughs> find. And and I told you I, I promised that we would talk a little bit about the Cowboys, and I and I just now noticed your little Cowboys football on the shelf there behind you. The, these are the kind of people that when I just say off the cuff, hey, looking forward to the game this week, it's the, oh, bread and circuses, how can you support that stuff? It's the military-industrial complex, blah, 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 blah. And I always say, how do you how do you people go through life? How You're just so miserable. And, and to, to, to kind of end that point is, these are the kind of people, in my opinion, these are the kind of people that will be just as miserable in Ancapistan as they are now. They will. They'll be unhappy about plenty. They'll find plenty of things to be unhappy about. Uh, doing a show for libertarians um, that any other musicians listening will know what I mean, but it's kind of like playing a show for musicians. Uh, they're really just judging and thinking about how much better than you they are the entire time. And so when we would play in Nashville in our in our bands, it really wasn't that fun. It was just a bunch of musicians that are just sitting there with their arms crossed, just thinking about how you shouldn't be on stage and they should be up there. And that's kind of what it's like talking to libertarians about things. We've never marketed ourselves to libertarians specifically. We've always we've actually always gone towards conservatives or the right because uh, libertarians are already libertarians and people that are more conservative or Republicans. Uh, uh, maybe have some some work to do philosophically, and so that's always been the market that we've gone towards. Well, speaking of that, uh, really quick, are is is Charlie a Cowboys fan too? Yes. Yes. Oh my God, you really, yeah. guys really are the same person. Literally everything. We watch all the games together. We've gone to a bunch of games uh, together. We're going to the one here in uh, in Nashville at the end of December together. We've uh, yeah, we've been watching Cowboys games together for a long time too. All right. Well, first of all, fantastic. 
go Cowboys. Uh, but second of all, where do you, so how do you draw the line or, or how do you come up with the right mix then of doing a show that is, is culturally relevant, you know, has some current events, has some things that are sort of in, in the national zeitgeist, but then threading into there sort of your own personal flavor and your own interests. Because sometimes I think to myself, um, if, if I were to just say, screw it, I'm throwing all of our show notes out tonight. I, I, you know, this, there's this thing on my mind or, oh, I just saw this really cool show or, you know, whatever. I want to talk about it. I'm afraid if I do that, then they'll, the audience will go down 98% because people will be like, I don't, I don't give a shit what you like. I, you know, yeah, I want you to talk about SBF. I want you to talk about <laughs> Brittany Griner. You know, it's like, do, do you, do you ever worry about that at all? Or, is, or is that just woof? Is there someone like with their finger in their belly button, like talk about SBF again, man? I need to hear some more about Biden. That's kind of the voice I was picking up right there. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Making sure. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to make sure that that's what you're leaning towards. We have a tough time with that. Uh, like if we talk about Joe Biden or we do videos and we talk, we make fun of Biden for something, uh, we pick apart some stupid thing that he said, it does way better than if it's me talking about economics or some type of uh, individual liberty philosophy. Um, it, it does a lot better just to make fun of people, uh, which is why the show that we specifically make fun of people on, Don't Believe of the Week, that's the most popular show. We try to reserve things for that. Um, I try to talk about those things because that's what people want to hear. And then I will tell them why it doesn't actually matter unless we do this unless we take down all the power of the state or whatever. So we'll talk about it like, uh, like someone else would. And we'll say, yeah, but this doesn't matter. Kind of like the, uh, you know, the Twitter files. Oh, it's a big deal. Twitter files, right? No, uh, nothing, nothing's going to change. Right. So mm -hmm. you kind of burst people's bubble when you talk about that, but well, it's it's funny that you, that you mentioned that. Cause I, I, this is exactly the kind of thing that, I, I criticize people for that there's there's a certain class of person out there that they have to rush out their hot take on every for, on every single thing that happens on planet Earth. So first of all, it's just not necessary. Uh, but second of all is, you know, if you happen to be the first person I see that says, oh, yeah, Biden sucks. And I'd be like, oh, hey, Nate's got a good take here. Biden does suck. <laughs> the next 78 people that say it are like just just consecutively on my Twitter feed. I start muting people because I'm like, no, it, you know, I, I already read this. I don't I don't need to read it again. Um, but kind of kind of on that same point. Now, I know that you're a passionate free market economics guy. You brought up economics there. Uh, I think one of the big points of contention right now, sort of in this intellectual space, if there's such a thing, uh, is bridging the divide between theory and practice, right? You know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, in, you know, in our ideal situation, X, Y, and Z, versus other people say, well, you can throw that in the garbage can because it doesn't exist, so I want to do A, B, and C. But, but you yourself... Where are the areas where you have applied your own intellectual pursuits to real life? My own intellectual pursuits to real life, like uh, like taking personal responsibility and and uh, not being dependent on others uh, in my own real life. Is that the kind of thing you mean? Oh, shit. I'm not supposed to be dependent on others. All right. Well, yeah, go ahead. All we all are in a way, you know, I needed people to make this uh, this phone and this computer for me and all that. But that's really one of the main ways. I mean, we do it every day. We're doing it right now with this show, you know, taking initiative and and not relying on someone to, to send us a check or maybe not even going and getting a straight up job somewhere and being dependent on that. You know, we go out and uh, we're trying to we're trying to figure out who who's got our money every single day. And that that can be really tough. And when things are really tough, you uh, don't blame other people for it. Like you said, that list of stuff on my bio, that's a list of things I failed at. <laughs> until until I got to this and who knows this will be another thing on the list someday who you know that that could be the way it goes but that's no one else's fault except for my own so I I try to apply the fact that I, I'm going to take personal responsibility for everything that's happened in my life whether it was music or contracting or any of the stuff that that happened I think that's I think that's the main way that I apply it in in my life well I 
you know, I'm I'm definitely not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because I I've I've dealt with this exact exact same scenario myself where I look at my resume and I think to myself, I I'm willing to bet most people's resume is meant to show their experience. My <laughs> resume shows people all the things I fucked up. Yeah. That's that that's what my <laughs> resume shows people. Uh but one one thing I want to kind of circle back to is you you'd mentioned the Twitter files and I had made some people upset and all of a sudden I'm not their favorite demagogue anymore uh, because when the whole Twitter files thing was happening I was the I was the person saying oh my god you guys did you hear about all the leaks from the Twitter files in like you see all the all the typical right wing uh, demagogues saying, oh, man, this is it. This is the smoking gun. Here come the investigations. Here come the congressional inquiries. And all I said was, is, wow, nothing's going to happen to those people, just like nothing's going to happen to any of the people responsible for lockdowns and mandates. Absolutely no, no one's going to be held responsible. Neat. But that's not what people want to hear, is it? No, it's it's definitely not. They want to have the bombshell. They want the retweets. They want the outrage about what's going on. And listen, the things that are being released, it it does matter. Uh, we just put a shirt. We just put a shirt up on our on our merch store. Little plug. Uh, it says Twitter files matter on it. You can go to GodHatesFeds.com and check out that shirt if you want to. It does matter. The content matters. Will it actually matter in our lives? Will it actually change anything? No, it won't. I mean, we had that piece from The Intercept not that long ago talking about DHS and the FBI and then having a portal in Facebook where they could actually go and request things be taken down. This isn't new information. We already knew that all of this was going on. The left said that they weren't shadow banning people. They knew that they were. They were just acting like they weren't. And they, they don't they don't care. No, no one does. And that's why nothing's going to change. We know that the we know that our, our phone calls can be monitored, our metadata can be uh, collected. We've known all that for a long time. Nothing changes. No one gets in trouble. And it's not even, you know what? I'm not even going to blame the government. It's our fault. Maybe not me and you or the people listening, but it's the people's fault because people in the government respond to incentives and we are not giving them an incentive to not screw us over anymore. We're just letting them do it. They do it more and more every year. And when they don't get in trouble, why would they stop? Well, that's see, that's just scratching at the surface of of a really tough thing, and 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 equally tough for people like us who who make content. In that, I was really late to TikTok, Nate. I I said I'm not going to do TikTok. I'm I'm a boomer. It's just a new thing. I've already I'm stuck in my ways. I've got my platforms. I'm not doing another one. And then I finally get on there because people are saying, oh, but it's just it's just so easy. You put clips on there and, you know, whatever. And then sure enough, I do it. And all of a sudden we're starting to get traction. But you know what I discover almost immediately, other than the fact that every other video I put up gets taken down for community guidelines, because apparently you can't call Lizzo the brown mound of sound. That's news to me, but apparently you what? can't do that. What? Uh, so the, here's the problem, though, Nate, is the videos that get we'll say at least some number of thousands or tens of thousands of views are always ones that are critical of the left and it's because it's getting a lot of likes and shares by people on the right or or maybe even more specifically kind of your MAGA Trump type people but I hate Trump and want him to die in a fire so that puts me in a really weird spot doesn't it Nate because now those people are the people that are clicking on my content and saying I like this good job what do you do now? Maybe now you can use the their accidental they, they've accidentally found you and they could accidentally be uh, exposed to your information sometime in the future. I so have you, accidentally exposed before. This is correct. So you so you, so you like we talked about because you're probably not wearing pants right now. There'd be there'd be no reason to be wearing pants. But if you have to get up really quick, uh, we know that's fine. Um Listen, you can reel them in with this anti-Biden stuff. We did the same thing on TikTok. And then we sprinkle in a little bit of, uh, I'm going to use the word, the L word, libertarianism, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can call it whatever you want, uh, libertarianism. And maybe, just maybe, they accidentally decide that the right is just as bad as the left down the line. You just kind of plant that little seed, just like a, like inception, just, just a little bit in there, that little seed of doubt in their minds. I can't trust anyone that's running the government. 
I can't let anyone have that power. And then eventually they become a pointless libertarian like us someday. Well, kind of where I've drawn my line in the sand right now is, is I tell people, look, I don't vote. The last, the last time I voted was for Ron Paul, and I haven't seen anyone like Ron Paul for, to, to be worth voting for since then, so I haven't voted since then. Um, but that, that doesn't mean I can't have an opinion, right? Like these people that say, well, if you, if you didn't vote, you can't complain, kill yourself. I can complain all I want. So anyway, I'm sorry, we're not supposed to say kill yourself anymore. We say visit euthanasia.com, my mistake. Uh, but anyway, the kind of where I've, I've planted my flag is I may not vote, you know, like taking a positive action to signal that I, I like candidate X, but I'll be happy to tell you who I think the worst candidate is. And so it's kind of like by process of elimination, you can come to your own conclusion of who I think the lesser of evils are or whatever. And, and back in the midterms, you know, I was the person posting a lot of funny stuff about John Fetterman. Um, you know, and, and cause it's, it's just good for a giggle and all that. Um, but I was also very critical of Dr. Oz, just like I've been very critical of Donald Trump and, and Trump, just Trumpism in general is sort of where I have planted my flag of, look, I don't walk around telling people I'm a right winger or a conservative, but where I live in the world, there certainly are a lot of people who identify that way. And so when I'm out in the world and I'm talking to these people and I'm amongst these people, I tell, I'm kind of playing that mind game of, oh, you're a conservative? That's really great. So you believe in limited government then, huh? You love your guns, right? What do you got at home? Oh, that sounds awesome. Did you know that Donald Trump says due process comes later, we take the guns first, and that he passed more gun control than Obama? Did you know that? That's amazing, isn't it? And it... And I, I don't know about you. You can tell me about the reactions that you've had. The reactions I have had, I've had from that are, A, they just assume you're lying because it just flies so much in the face of what they believe. They can't accept it. Or, B, if you're really, really lucky, they at least whip out their phone to Google it. I don't think I've ever seen anyone whip out their phone to, uh, to Google something like that before. When you're dealing with a, with a cultist uh, like this, you have to take that conversation in a very, very delicate manner. Uh, I'll be honest, you've got, you've got more guts than me. You've got more intestinal fortitude than I do because I try not to contradict them. Uh, those kind of people, when, uh, when you start going after the cult leader, I'm not sure what the rules are. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, that they would resort to anything bad. I'm even talking about family members here. When they talk about the election, I mean, they will come up to me and say, that election was stolen though, right? I mean, definitely like Trump won that. And I'll just say, I have no idea. I have no clue. Could it have been? Sure. Sure. It could have been no clue. Uh, but, um, you know, Biden's a president right now and we just got to try and do a better job next time. And then they know not to talk to me about it anymore because I didn't give them what they wanted. Well, that's, that's why you, you hit them with the Michael malice. Every vote is a fraud. Every election is stolen because that, <laughs> then it's just, you know, like, because they, they kind of want to agree, but they kind of don't because they remember Ronald Reagan, you know, something something along those lines. Who's the quote uh, from the, that it's just an, an advanced auction on stolen goods? I can't remember who said that, but I'll have yeah. to give that a Google. Yeah, Google that really quick. I know I know what you're talking about. It's elections, just an advanced auction of stolen goods. Um, well, so on a, on a similar vein, before we, before we wrap up here on, on kind of the topic of, of Trumpism and, and the elections of the future, um, again, far be it for me to give a pep talk to Republicans because I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make one whit a difference to me with that said, because I know a lot of Republicans, because I know a lot of right wingers, I'm related to a lot of them. I live around a lot of them. I tend to say to them, if you're really upset about an election being stolen or, oh, the midterms wasn't quite the red wave that you hope it would be. So my answer is, it's like, OK, so next time maybe you don't elect Dr. Oz, or, excuse me, nominate Dr. Oz. You know, maybe uh, maybe you don't nominate a lifelong New York Democrat to be your GOP nominee to president Um and, 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 and by the way, this isn't this, you know, it's kind of like that whole Kathy Newman thing of, oh, you said this, therefore this must be correct. I'm not saying with a complete certainty that, oh, that means you should go vote for Ron DeSantis as an example. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just simply saying 
winners win and losers lose, and the Democrats have been playing to win for generations now, and the Republicans, they, they just love to lose. They love to lose. And, as, and so as much as this is not an endorsement, again, of the GOP, or, or necessarily me saying that I have them as a preference over Democrats, I absolutely don't want any Democrats getting elected, so I just simply say out loud to the room to GOP members, Get your shit together, guys. What the hell is this? It is it is tough, though, because I like Republicans a lot more when they're not in power, because that's when they talk about a lot of stuff that they'll never actually do when they are in power. Uh, but they're they're much easier to get along with when they have no power, because they at least talk about the Constitution and limited government and decreasing the budget. Of course, when they're in power, that's totally different. They've got to get rid of this Trump guy. He's got I don't mean like get rid of him like in the. You know, like the that's yeah, 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 sure, Nate. That's, yeah. That's, no, I don't no, I don't want anyone to uh, to get rid of him. That's not what needs to happen. He's pretty old anyway. Let's just be honest. Um, he is a cancer for conservatism. That is how I see it. Listen, I didn't hate the guy as a president uh, more than any of the other presidents that I've lived through. Maybe I hated them less than a lot of the other presidents that I've lived through. Uh, but now, now it's, now it's different. Um, this is a much different situation. There will, I don't know if there's ever going to be a Republican president elected again, uh, because I said there wouldn't be after Trump won the first time I said, he'll be the last Republican president for a really long time. And we'll see if that's going to be the case. They got to drop them. They got to go with better candidates. They're going to have to actually go with people who have some semblance of principles and anytime they're complaining, I just say, hey, what'd you guys do with Rand Paul? How, how was your support for Rand Paul? How about Ron Paul? I just started with Rand Paul. I'm, I'm letting you off easy. What about Ram? What about Ron Paul? What'd you do when he was running? You guys don't actually care about these problems. If you did, then you would go towards people like that. So don't come to me complaining or anything. And let's stop talking about the elections. That's like someone talking about a blown call from the game last week. No one cares. You're not going to do anything about it. You're not going to win the next game by complaining about the blown call from last week. That's a terrible strategy. You got to go out there and let's just keep the sports analogy going. You got to go out there and put up 54 points on them and, and, you know, hold them to 10 if you want to win the election, but you're not going to do that by nominating Dr. Oz to, to run against someone or Herschel Walker. Those aren't serious candidates and they, and they know it, they should know better. And if, if they don't, maybe they do now. Not only are those not serious candidates, but in a lot of these in a lot of these races around different parts of the country, you realize that at some point during the primary, there maybe was a candidate who was more akin to what we would consider to be a classic conservative. And you know what? The establishment runs them out of town. They'll give a they'll give a fifty million dollars to the establishment pick, and those people get run right out of the race. Um, you th like you think of a Thomas Massey, for instance, when he's up there standing alone, just saying something as basic as "I'd really like to record a vote on this," since you're giving a trillion dollars of our grandchildren's money away. What is the the establishment of his own party is funding his his opponents? They want to run him out of town, and so no, these are not serious people that want to win elections. They're absolutely not. Um, uh, Nate, we're, we're going to do, we're going to do a two question bonus round for you since you're a Cowboys fan. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one for the Cowboys fans. Will the Cowboys win even one playoff game this year? No. That is correct. They will not win a playoff game this year. I don't care if they win out and beat the Eagles later in the season. They're still not going to get out of the first round of the playoffs. All right. No, I, no, I don't care that, if they're playing. It's not possible, and I will never – I've just – listen, I've been through too much. I've been through too much. I'm never going to say that they'll win. And then technically it's not possible either. 2022 is going to be over you know, for the season. So this year definitely not going to win a playoff game. My well, my other question was going to be: Will what will be the next decade, starting with current twenty twenties, that the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl? But I'm not. We'll save that for next time. All right. I'm le I'm leaning towards I'll be dead. That's what you know. I'm what's annoying? If I could just if I could just give you a real thirty second, just quick thirty second rant. I hate you know being a Cowboys fan. 
it's not like it's the easiest thing in the world. And the other thing is I hate it when people like judge you because of the team you like, like you picked it, like you just, oh, you know, that team, I'm going to, oh, I freaking grew up this way, man. That, that some of the earliest memories of my life are watching Cowboys games with, with my dad. And listen, it's not like a, a bandwagon fan. Geez, a bandwagon fan would have to be 60 years old right now. It, this is, this is a painful job, dude. This is a depression at its finest. This ain't easy. I need some sympathy here. Well, look, I, I knew plenty of people that said, oh, you're just a Cowboys fan because when you were a kid, they were hot in the 90s and Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, blah, 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 blah. And my answer is, yeah, you're right, but I'm still a Cowboys fan. So that tells you that this is true love, all right? Tell me about <laughs> Steve Campo's three in a row, five and 11 seasons and having to watch Quincy Carter out there and Chad Hutchinson and whoever heck else it was that was out there. Yeah, I put up with all of that stuff. Oh. Sorry you to remind said, you. You just that. said Quincy Carter on my show, so I think this is probably your last, your last <laughs> visit. All right, this is, but this is for all the money right here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Is a fruit cake a cake or a bread? Bread. Oh, we're sorry. You hate to see it, Nate. So this is not a troll question like most of mine are. This is a real one. So cakes, or excuse me, breads are, of course, leavened with yeast, whereas cakes are leavened chemically with lots of sugar added in. A fruit cake, by definition, is something called a quick bread, but quick breads are cakes. So a fruit cake is, in fact, a cake. So sorry you missed out on the $50,000 bonus round, Nate, but where can people go to support you in Good Morning Liberty? Uh, easiest thing to do would just type in uh, BernieLies.com in your browser, and that'll bring up everything. Or you just go to your podcast app and look for Good Morning Liberty. GodHatesFeds.com if you want to get yourself a God Hates Fed shirt. But like I said, BernieLies.com will take you to all of our links. Nate? This has been fantastic, and I didn't mention it earlier. I just want to say God Hates Feds is such a fantastic URL. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've already heard some a uh, little bit of negative feedback from that. I won't, see, I won't say what side of the Libertarian Party divide they were on, uh, but I have heard some negative things about it. On that note, guys, we're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this commercial break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com at Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, we're on Odyssey. Go and support a free speech platform. It's Odyssey, Alan Mosley TV. You're also more of a listener than a watcher. You can get us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. That's Google, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and more. Thanks to Anchor FM. Anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Mary tried to save you. You see that? <laughs> uh, Dave, do you have a final thought? It actually just made me more nervous. No, um, oh. this went pretty well, you know, relatively well. That was mm -hmm. a great interview. It was great. Seems like a really cool guy. Um, yeah, I had fun. Good show. I hope mm -hmm. you guys did too. Yeah. Um, so quick announcement. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we're gonna fire up the after party. Uh, just just a short after party tonight, and um. I'm going to bust out the Christmas carol that I said I was going to sing. So, remember remember when everybody was supposed to have their Christmas song ready for for this month? I remember that. Yeah, so I'm yeah. doing mine. So all you guys have to do yours. Okay, we'll yeah. figure something out. Figure something out. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we'll take another call during the after party. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, thank you so much watching another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you 
next week. Oh, you know, I always, I always figure out how to fix the problem like a minute after the, the problem occurs. Yeah. Like when it happens, I just freeze up. No, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I just hit that button. And it went, went, went away instantly. Yeah. Well, that's how we learn. I mean, could have killed your sound, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what the button. There's oh, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had my uh, main but, audio out. I mean, at this point, I think, I think we should shut it down. <laughs> Probably best.